0: Episode 26, Spirited Car Cast. I am Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman alongside. A lot of really things, interesting things to talk about. Obviously, the NBA uh, on Sunday was, was very interesting, the the Elam ending. Uh, the Daytona 500 ended in a, just a really wacky finish last night, crazy finish. It reminded uh, a lot of people, myself included, of the end of the 2001 Daytona 500 uh, when Dale Earnhardt died. Fortunately, it uh, did not have the same result as that. Were you of course, watching... I was I was I did the same thing uh, I did with the all-star game I I was kind of doing work and I was paying attention uh, but then I was looking on Twitter and I saw that it was getting down to like the last you know five
1: or six laps so I said okay I want to at least watch the finish you could put a hundred dollar bill in front of me there's no chance I would watch either of those events an exhibition sporting event where they made up a contrived new way to finish the game and I understand that it was very effective and it prompted people to play defense but the result makes no difference in a sport that I completely Completely don't understand or respect.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that you don't understand it because you know who better to bring in than our good friend Tony Rizzuti, uh, who's worked at MRN. He's covered NASCAR for a long time. He's done the stick and ball stuff as well. He's done some talk show work. We had a great show together. It had a, it was it was more like a Broadway show. It, some it, people it say- lasted like three
1: months. Some people say <laughs> that this station has never been the same. It hasn't been yeah.
0: the same. It, well, we can get into that, but. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, but Tony's with us, um, and he's, he's helped us out this year uh, on on the Winthrop Broadcast as well. And uh, a pleasure making your Bearded Carcast
2: debut. Yeah, what am I, a long-time listener, first-time guest? <laughs> I, I first guess time. What, if you're that a long-time time listener,
1: you're the only one.
2: Well, I'm just <laughs> disappointed we're not doing this at, like, Wilson Barbecue or Billy Bob's Meat yeah, 3. I mean, right. that's that's the content I come well, here we for. Well, we could have. Yeah, well,
0: and the, other, the only other issue is uh, Tony's got this really kick-ass... Uh, corvette yeah we could have done it. but but where would you sit dave Well,
1: <laughs> ma- maybe i'm not that important maybe i'm just not that important a part of the show so uh that could
2: be a whole new thing like who can you put in the guest and they have to sit in, sit the, in the back, in the, in the, back the back of the corvette, corvette.
0: Like oh my god that'd be like in the fetal position <laughs> so so tony let me drive it uh when he did the we went to, we went to lunch before we did the game uh when you were in california and he's like, you want to drive it? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to drive it. Because I, I do know how to drive a, a standard shift. And it
1: still looks like it's working.
0: Oh, I drove it like an old lady. <laughs> I was so scared that I was going to like...
1: So are you a car guy? I am.
2: Yeah, I love cars. Uh, you grew up with it. I did, yeah. My dad raced. Uh, we always kind of had cars and was around cars. And... It's one of those things where it's the, the Corvette was a ridiculous purchase, right? I, I regret it almost every day until I drive it, and then I love it. <laughs> but for 30 years, I told myself, you know, look, I work in racing. You know, at that point in time, like back when I was younger, I'm doing NASCAR. I'm doing IMSA, so I'm around Ferraris. I'm around these big NASCAR cars. And I was driving a pickup truck because that's what people here in North Carolina drive. And I'm like, at some point in my life... I should have some ridiculous sports car and just have fun. Yeah. And if I find out I don't like it, I'll sell it, whatever. So when I turned 30, I told my wife, I'm going to go get a Corvette. And she's like, I ah, doesn't make sense. We bought our first house. You know, we just moved up here trying to find jobs. And I'm like, good point. She goes at 40, you can get your Corvette. I turn forty. I have a son. Well, now I, there's no back seat, right? So I can't get one now. So when I turn fifty, she's like, "I just don't think the time's right." And I'm like, "No, this is the only time I'm going to get one because in about five years with my back, I won't be able to get in and out of one." So that's a country yeah. song right there. We it probably can is
0: right. Any any bearded carcast listeners that can uh, put together some uh, music for that? will we'll put. But
2: it's there. a ridiculous card. And it, at the awesome. same time, that everybody should have one. Nobody should ever have one. It's just stupid. It's a stupid car. We'll I will see a, how I want long a, so I have it. So it's
1: stupid because it's not functional. It's not functional, but it's at really all. cool. It, it,
2: it's very cool. It generates a lot of attention. So you have to be somebody that's fine with the attention. I don't know that I am. I'm I'm shy by nature. People want to race me at every stoplight. Yeah. And my reaction, and if I have somebody in the in you the past. they do them seat, better off dead. You should. They to... want me to race them. They're like, yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> and my thing is, I let them peel out off the line and I just kind of shift and do like 30 miles an hour like I drive this car like a little old lady so uh but the yeah they, when you say it,
1: they want to race you yeah are these people driving like 94 Saturn's or no <laughs> Camaros
2: once? and Mustangs okay yeah. Camaro Mustangs especially Mustangs love to show off
1: it's like better off dead you should
0: uh, when the when they ro- Lane Meyer rolls up to the stop sign and the two guys next to him are do they're uh they're doing their their um, howard co yeah
2: yeah well it's it's so the car's that way when it's dirty which it currently is outside you're embarrassed by it like yeah. why, why would you have this car and have it be filthy dirty but the tires are so wide on it it can't go through auto bell so if you're la- <laughs> so if you're lazy feeling lazy or super busy like you gotta hand wash it and there's a system to hand wash it's two buckets yeah. Two different soaps. He had, to buy a he had to buy like a chair on wheel. like a little, I cannot uh,
1: imagine. I do. I have, to, I have a rolling labor chair. This is for the sake of labor. Uh,
2: it's a two hours, throw the headset in, listen to this podcast, listen to some music. Two hours later, dripping with sweat, <laughs> filthy dirty. The car looks perfect. And you stick it in the garage and don't pull it out if it rains. I
1: don't get it. So if it rains,
2: I don't go anywhere.
1: That is against everything I stand for. <laughs> <When> I fir- <laughs> efficiency. Dave, when I first got it, I called in twice to work sick
2: because it was raining outside and I didn't want to get the car dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out that was a smart move. But at the time, I was a little, bit, a little nervous about but, that. Uh, well, but. the other thing about
0: the Corvette, Dave, is it's it's totally... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, Not anti-climatic, but it's like you have to... It's not good to drive slow in it. You know what I mean? Like It, it, it's designed it wants to it, it run. Wants to, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I have to open it up every now and then just because it's not good for it to drive it the way you and I do. Yeah. But Mike, Mike gets out. We get to Winthrop Coliseum and Mike gets out and I'm like, what'd you think? And he has this look on his face and he goes, no, that was fun. I'm like, you hated every minute of it, didn't you? And he goes, yes, I'm so glad <laughs> it's back. He was so paranoid he was going to wreck it. But he did get it. As dirty as it's ever been. I, I got a shortcut. Let's go through the construction site, and you can hear the rocks kicking up on it. I'm in the passenger seat, going, "No, it's fine." And inside, I'm like, "Oh, what have I done?" <laughs> <sighs> had no, you driven good. a
0: Corvette before? I've driven a Porsche before. That was, um, and I had a, uh, dated a girl uh, in college who had. It was an automatic, it wasn't a stick. She had a uh, like a 300 ZX. That think that thing How did one, that yeah, compare. That's a good car.
2: Um, I don't know. She's on the phone right now.
1: <laughs> there she is.
0: <laughs> I've talked to her in thirty something, <laughs> maybe even longer. Um, uh, it, the Corvette was just different, Dave. Like, th- so the Porsche is small and it's so it's it's it's. I mean, you, I mean, it makes the su- it's a sound. I mean, it's it's loud, but it you're kind of compact. This the Corvette is like it's almost like a boat. It is. I mean, it, it's and so it's like. And, and then it's like, you know, that it's an expensive car and it's your friend's car and you don't want to crack it up. So, I mean, that was like the, the nervousness, but I had no problem driving through the construction. I, zone. I've
2: had a lot of time in both cars and the Porsche to me is a better handling car. Cause the engines in the back and it's, yeah. it's and the way as short as they are, it's really kind of more mid engine, which is what the yeah. new Corvettes moving to where the, where the current model Corvette is a front engine rear wheel drive car. So you have all the weight in the front of the car. But all the power and torque in the back of the car, so it's not the it's it's a pure torque. Hit the throttle, head goes back in the seat, makes a bunch of noise, and it's fun. He has no idea what you're talking about. Well, I, I,
1: I, (laughs) where a Porsche is
2: really nimble, and it's it's just a it's It's a different different feel. My
1: belief is that all hobbies are stupid. Like if you like to knit, that's (laughs) kind of stupid, and if you like to race. Cars just for sport—that's kind of stupid. And all the things I like to do—they're really stupid too. I mean, sp- spending a hundred hours filling out your NCAA tournament bracket—not a particularly good use of well, time. We got to kill time just, to, at some point. Just, what are your something? thoughts on fishing, Dave? Yeah, <laughs> e- e- exactly. Not, not so. So like, what, and, what, and we got what, a fishing what, story. What, we whatever. You. Everybody has their stupid hobby that takes time, and like, you have to live life, and you have to enjoy the things you do. And if that—that's what you enjoy, fantastic. But to the race and and racing is a business and the daytona 500 yesterday ended and it's obvious to me as not a racing fan what the biggest story or stories are but for someone that converses in this industry and knows it what do you take away
2: uh how safe these race cars are given what they do um, the, the wreck that Ryan Newman had was literally worst case scenario. It's not head on into a wall, really kind of the, the two you worry about in normal situations is the one where the car snaps around and you hit the wall driver's side first, because your head's so close to the side of the car, that particular wreck. And when you get what's called T-bone, when you get hit in the driver's side door, Newman basically got both of those upside down so his car's upside down in the air so you're hitting the roof of the car which is pretty stable but doesn't have near the bars right. that the side of the doors do it doesn't have the dowel foam in between the sheet metal and the frame of the car so it's the least kind of durable part of the car even though it's really strong also the change in in forces right so he's upside down so the car's going considerably slower right. than it would be on the ground right it, it it's it's run into resistance and in air it's flipped upside down it's like it's basically falling to the ground and it gets hit by another car going 200 yeah. miles an hour right in the driver's side window net of the door it's as hard a hit as you can do i think everybody feared the worst yeah you mentioned what I, thought you, Dan, I thought you mentioned Daryl the dale earnhardt, earnhardt. Yeah. to me this looked worse than that yeah. just that well because you had the component of getting in the air and then the impact the was car. incredible yeah. Um, I think everybody feared the worst in that. We don't know how bad it actually is, right? All we right. know is it's non-life-threatening injuries. But the fact that he's still alive does pay testament to how safe these race cars are. And I think even other race car drivers from IndyCar sports cars came out and said, the NASCAR car is the safest yeah. car, period, in the world if you're going to race. But these guys make it look so pedestrian and easy lap after lap people forget it's 200 plus miles an hour with a 3500 pound vehicle when something goes wrong it goes wrong quickly and the the hit is hard it just is yeah um so that was my takeaway the safety the reminder that what these guys do is dangerous which i think is some of the the thrill in the sport that that maybe gets missed i think this I'm going to say something that's really wrong, but it's the truth. This probably, much like it did with Earnhardt's death in 2001, creates an interest back in the sport because the danger of this is crazy, I would never do this, is back. Because I think a lot of people look at it that aren't NASCAR fans and go, I can sit in a car and drive fast for three hours. How hard is that? Yeah. And I think also people... You're not an look athlete. At- you just... <laughs> You drive a car.
0: Well, people look at stuff like this, and and I think they want to see – I mean, they don't want to see anybody get hurt, but they want to see the the big – You want to see spectacular crashes. If you say you don't, you're lying. Well, it's like hockey. A lot of people watch hockey for
1: the fights. On the flip side, and thankfully he is going to survive, it is impossible for the layperson not to look at it if he does not survive and say, how do we have this sport? Correct. You're right. I mean – to me, and again, I, I had no idea what was going on. I'm paying no attention to this at all. And Mike sends me a text and goes, "Hey, did you see what's going on?" And I said, "No, what, what's going on?" And my immediate reaction is, "If this guy passes, this is it. We're we're, we're not going to have this sport anymore." Well, it
2: didn't well, uh, well, you're you're still going to have it. So unfortunately, I've been part of of. Three people who have passed away, one we thought was going to, and another one that was never the same. I was there, knew the people, Uh, obviously Earnhardt. uh, I worked for an agency that that managed Earnhardt. Um, I was good friends with Dale Earnhardt. I mean, we didn't go fishing and stuff, but he called me by name. I saw him all the time. That was a really difficult one. There's there's kind of another story from a Nike standpoint that kind of makes that all weird that I've I've told Mike yeah. and, and we can get back into at another point in time when you talk about the business of the sport. But when it happens, you suddenly realize that all these people that you compete with on a daily basis are actually your buddies, right? It's one big yeah. traveling circus, and, and we're going to go at it every week, but at the same time, we're going to go back to the motorhome lot, and we're going to have a beer together, and my kid's going to play with your kid, and I'm going to – Like you suddenly realize, and I think you've seen that a lot in how the media has covered the sport, right? The local Orlando, Central Florida news people are camped out, you know, with their satellite trucks outside the hospital. The internal NASCAR media, who will be the first to be like, we report stories and this is what we they love to break news and get it before the team can get it out, have all gone to the nobody say a word until the team tells us to, which is the opposite opposite. of journalism. Right. right? It's to find out the story because they realize now this is one of our guys. If he's going to another team. I'm going to sell you out a hundred times out of a hundred because I want right. that byline. When it comes to this, I think it brings that family back in. And, and that's what NASCAR is. It's a, it's a big family. And I tell people all the time, go see it once in person. If you don't like it, you're never going to like it, right? It's not for everybody. It's three and a half hours. of cars going in circles. Right. It is. I work in the sport. I love the sport. It's not for everybody. There are big problems with the sport. Safety could have been one had this turned out differently. And I promise you, they'll look at ways to reinforce that part of the car right. in the 2021 car. Engineers have already started. Let's make it safer and safer and safer. So, you know, I think some good will come out of this. That That's kind of a cold statement, but that's what you have to do with any right. type of, of, of issue you have. How can we try to make this not happen? But I
0: think that's the... I mean, I hate to say good thing because nothing good came out of, you know, what happened with Dale Earnhardt. But I think something positive that came out of
1: that was a lot of the safety changes that they've made. All of the safety changes. But are we as a society? And and I just watched the Aaron Hernandez Netflix Mm -hmm. documentary. And the CTE there is obvious to anyone that isn't simply going to deny that CTE exists. And you look at football. It's dangerous. Mike and I have had this discussion on the podcast and off the air. I don't have children, so I can't really relate to making that choice. But I think it would be a very difficult choice to allow your kid to play football when we know the inherent danger of it. This, to me, feels like the same thing. There's inherent danger in doing this activity.
2: Yeah, and the people that do it are flat-out crazy. They are. They're wired completely different than other people. Jimmy Johnson, for being as corporate tied up, put together, boring as can be, once got injured trying to surf on the top of a moving golf cart, (laughs) right? What sane person decides, let me stand on top of the roof of a golf cart and you drive it and I'm going to surf while chugging a beer. Normal people wouldn't even think to do that. They're adrenaline junkies. They thrive on it. Again, what they do looks so simple and people forget it's high speed, and it probably is simple to the train person. Right. But I've always told people I would love to be a race car driver until the back of the car snaps out from underneath me and I'm along for the ride and I'm going to hit something. Yeah. That's when it suddenly went, I should have been an accountant. How much of, of NASCAR and not, not to uh,
0: disparage it like Dave has, but I don't think I've disparaged it. I just don't understand. It doesn't make sense. I know I was making a joke. I was, I was trying to be funny. Um, You know, it started out, you know, obviously guys in cars trying to outrun treasury agents because yep. they had moonshine in the back. Mm-hmm. And NASCAR's growth through the '60s, '70s, even '80s, uh, a lot of it was was guys that, and, and gals, but mostly people that worked on their cars. And now today, today's cars are kind of disposable. How yep. much of that do you think is a factor in in maybe the eyeballs lessening on the sport?
2: I think it's one of the largest factors. If you, if you're not a car person, then the excitement of a souped-up car going fast and the technology around it isn't going to interest you. People can't really work on their cars. I, mean, I can't work on that Corvette. Right, right. I mean, I I just can't. So it's all computers. To, right, I can't right. I can't even get into it if right. I wanted. Can I, you know, change a flat tire? Sure. Can I probably change the oil if I had a lift right. and a place to dispose it? Sure. But most of the stuff you can't do. In the 60s and 70s and 80s, when, when the sport was growing, people were still car people. People cruised. People yeah. customized their car. People still customize their car. We see it all the time, right? But right. they're usually smaller foreign cars, right. right, with a completely different look. It's more drifting. It's drag racing. Sure. It's a different Fast look than what you saw with the old, you know, 57 Chevys and some of these bigger cars. So I think that was a, I think that's a huge factor. I also think the sport grew way way too fast it didn't have a strategy behind it what led to the great everywhere was
1: it the the late 90s or the early 2000s when it surged
2: Uh, yeah i think it surged probably early 90s what
1: what what happened personalities
2: yeah i think the jeff gordon dale earnhardt rivalry which which was somewhat there a lot of it made up between the two realizing hey, if we play off each other because you're this clean-cut young kid and I'm the old grizzly veteran, we can make so much money. And they did. What people don't know, a lot of people don't know, is the souvenir company. So you go to a race, they have these big trailers. You get T-shirts, hats, and little cars and everything. Those two owned it. So the best thing to do would be put our fan base against each other so that way when people went... I'm going to buy all my Earnhardt stuff and I'm going to root against Jeff Gordon like crazy and all the Gordon people are going to buy their stuff and root against it. And they just cash checks. Yeah. It was incredible. But on the track, they were as good as each other. Right. So it was a great rivalry, but it was a little bit made so up. And I think I think driven. people got into that. I think you got a sure. lot of young people that suddenly found Jeff Gordon pretty cool and I think more corporations looked at this and went, wow, we can make some money off this too. This is a great person. And I just think... I think a lot of people went, this is but cool, I got to go.
1: It's the people.
2: It's 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 you, Dave. It's like, I've heard this is cool. It's not my thing, but I'm going to go. Right? And you went, and maybe you tailgated and had a good time at the tailgate. Where you l- can bring coolers of beer into right. it. I and mean, you were a little bit bored with the race, but you had a good time with the yep. party and the people. So the next year, they're like, Dave, do you want to go back? You right, know, I, absolutely. I, I remember that being fun. I'll go yeah. again. Yep. And then halfway through the second time, you went... I really just liked hanging out with my friends. I don't like the race by the third year. You didn't go back. I think there were a huge amount of people that for two to three years went, bought every ticket and loved it. And then suddenly went, I don't really like that, that's this. Why the am I people
1: going to go to NFL games and tailgate, but don't go inside go the stadium, stadium. They're, right. guys.
2: They're the people that are going to go to the XFL games for the first couple and go, it's football. I'm going to support my new team and then be like, this isn't the kind of football I want. And we're going to yeah. see it with the MLS here in Charlotte. Yeah. It's going to be the hottest ticket for a year, year and a half. But if the team doesn't win, people are going to stop going to soccer. It, yeah it it's just it was the well, but, fresh but, new thing
1: you see that's an interesting perspective it goes on ESPN it from espn
2: cable to fox and you nbc see, suddenly it's this huge national thing and i got to watch it you see
1: i am not an enormous soccer fan but i appreciate it i appreciate the athleticism i appreciate the strategy the flopping i well <laughs> what what i really don't like is the way they decide championships on shootouts. I just, that drives me crazy and kind of is a, a, if I'm on the fence about liking it or not liking it, I just, I can't get behind that. I think it's ridiculous and silly and doesn't make any sense. It's like going into overtime and having a free throw contest. Yeah, exactly. Or a home run hitting contest at the end of the ninth Mm -hmm. inning. That's it. and, And to me, that just doesn't work. But I see soccer as people like, the beautiful game people like the actual sport you're gonna have to explain I get the the Jeff Gordon thing I get the the Dale Earnhardt thing to people but inherently we're watching people drive cars around very fast I I don't see the attraction
2: well I, I think a again you need to be somebody that's fascinated by cars Uh, And when you can see them in person, they're really cool. They've built, they've done a really good job of building these personalities to kind of be like modern day gladiators within their base. One of the big, personally, one of the big mistakes I think NASCAR did in the growth and grabbing the national money that was there was they ignored their regional base. They no longer wanted to be considered this Southern roots or Midwest roots sport. They wanted to be on level par with the NFL and MLB and stick and ball sports. And I, I think that's a lofty goal. But you you can't abandon your base. And right. they did. And there's a lot of good old boys now that are like, You you lost me. Yeah. So and what are they watching back?
1: What do they what have they changed to? Do they watch other auto sports? No. 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 Is is IndyCar I mean, I think no. internationally IndyCar's huge, right? No. It's not. No. Formula, Formula one. one is
2: which looks similar, right? Open. Uh, so
1: wh- why?
2: Why is it not popular or why did the base Why go is away?
1: Formula One so popular? But
2: same reason soccer is. It's worldwide. Every country has it. It becomes a giant event, right? It's the ultimate in technology and cars. We, we talked about being a car person when it comes to the NASCAR stuff. A NASCAR budget is $10 million, $18 million at the top for, to run a team in a car. Mercedes spent two hundred and fifty million dollars on their race team last year to run 18 times nascar spends 10 million to run 42 i mean that's a huge number ferrari has you know they won't release what they spent but people say it's a half a billion dollars on a race thing that's the you basically got fighter jets with tires on them like you can't (laughs) see anything cooler or faster or more fun there's 18 guys. They run in a different country every two weeks. If you miss it in your country, you miss it, right? It'd be like there being one Panther game a year in Charlotte. You're going to pay to go see that because if not, you have to wait until next year. So I, I think that's why Formula One so popular. It becomes this global sport. When things become global, right, it spreads. Basketball it has, yeah. has definitely, the NBA has definitely benefited by David Stern's approach to take it global, yeah. right? In China, in in Russia, and all these different countries, when you see some of these players that have come into the league and have made a name for themselves right. with the unique skills, they've changed the game. Yeah, The game wasn't this fast break, kick it out, shoot three-pointer games 12 years ago, 15 years ago. A lot of the Euro guys coming in going, I'm, I'm seven foot and I'm going to stop here at the three-point line. I'm going to bury them all day long and you can't stop me. Changed the game. And I think... I think NASCAR's stuck in being a regional sport that wants to be national yeah. that now needs to look and be, maybe we should be a little bit more regional and be fine with that. Yeah. How popular is Formula One in the
1: United States? Not. Why?
2: It's struggling. It's probably 1.2 million viewers maybe on a good race here, and that'd be Monaco, which is their biggest. And they don't run here, right? I, I uh, They do. They run in Austin. I went last year. Okay. Incredible event. Incredible event. Um, I, I think a lot of it is brands were not. Familiar with here. Renault's not a big brand here. Alfa Romeo's not a big brand here. Certainly we've heard of Ferraris. Yeah. Mercedes is probably the biggest brand. Uh, that we deal with here. But, you know, Ferrari, Aston Martin, there's people in Charlotte that have one, but most of us will never get one. So I think it's brands we don't relate to. Most of them are foreign-born drivers, and that's hard for America. There's no Americans in Formula One. There is an American team. It's owned by Gene Haas, who owns Stuart Haas Racing with Tony Stewart and NASCAR. Their race shops actually sitting in Kannapolis, North Carolina. There isn't a car in there. There's not a person in there. They built it to be an American team, and they found... As they built it, we'll start in England with this old factory, and then we'll eventually move it to the states because everything flies by airplane in Formula One, so it doesn't really matter where your base is. But they found not; it doesn't work. I bet they have a fifty thousand square foot building up there. Wow. It's empty. It's empty, but it's an American team. But is it an American team? The owner is the the one of the drivers is French. The other driver is Finnish, I think. Right. Right. The guy who runs the team, who's the team principal. Uh, the president of the team, he's German. I, I don't know that I rally around Haas' team because they're American. There's no Americans on that team. I'm going to root for Ferrari. I'm Italian. Right? <laughs> That's who I'm going to root for. Is it's, way Portu- more, it's way cooler. So, yeah. Is there look, a Portuguese team? I, there is not a Portuguese team. I don't okay. think there's a Portuguese driver, but if there is, I'll I'll let, <laughs> let you know, me know which yeah. one it is. Barrett I, Carcast look, at Outlook.com. I, I think in all this conversation, right, we, we found what some of the issues are with motorsports in general. Right. Drag racing runs into the same things. It's a cool event to go see your ears explode. They really cool. I'm not watching it on TV. It's not made for TV. This is why stick and ball sports in the United States do really, really well. It's stay consistent through controversy, right? As much controversy as baseball's had strikes in football, the popularity It may wane a little, but it never goes away. NASCAR sees massive gains and losses. They're mountaintops and valleys, right? They never just kind of chug along in the foothills like the other sports. And they got to figure some things out from next year. I think shrinking how many races they have. I think taking the time. Nobody has four and a half hours to sit by their TV or radio or in a stands with very little Wi-Fi. Can't talk to somebody because it's loud. Nobody's got that kind of time. You get it down to two hours. Yeah, man, I'd be interested. I Same can come issue in that baseball has. Sure, yeah. absolutely, right? you got to speed things up because my dad's 83, right? He's discovered Twitter. Now <laughs> everything's too slow.
1: Everything's yeah. too slow. Yeah. Football
2: games are too slow. He sits and reefer, 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 refresh, refresh, yeah, refresh, refresh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's from the old school. He doesn't even know how to work a computer. He couldn't set his own VCR, but he's now inclined to need right. instant gratification. Sure. If that group starts needing instant gratification, our kids already have it, right? Right. Your sport's going to have to adapt to it. I think football at some point in time is going to have to figure out how to quicken it up. I think a rolling clock isn't... I wouldn't be surprised five years from now if the NFL goes to a rolling clock, whether you're out of bounds or not, and it stops on timeouts in under two minutes.
1: Well, I don't think the game of football is slow. I think it's the TV timeouts that... But the game of football is radically popular and making money. There's no issue with football unless you consider the player safety mm-hmm. to be a major issue. And while a couple of years ago it seemed as though that could torpedo the sport, the the checks are cashing. The checks in NASCAR are going down they significantly. Are. Well, and they're being propped up by the TV. No, well,
2: uh, it's all it's TV all does. the TV numbers. And look, the TV numbers are always going to be there. It'll just be a different scale. The one thing that can still be sold in television is Live sports. Right. And the reason for that is you have an exclusive thing. There's no other place to get that sport. Lots of times now it's done with two networks, right. To share the burden of the pricing of it. And i um, the majority of people, I know people that do this other thing, which blows my mind, but the majority of people watch an event live, they don't DVR. They can't watch a DVR game right. back from start to finish. They may fast forward a little bit during it yeah. or catch highlights of it. I have a brother-in-law. Went to Ohio State. He DVRs every Ohio State game and literally watches it from start to finish and doesn't skip through the commercials.
1: He Doesn't skip through the commercials? No. no. He's That's very a, inefficient. He's what's a, the point of that?
2: He's a unicorn. Most people want to watch it live. You don't. Yeah. It's impossible to not know what happened. If you have any type of attachment to a phone or social media, it's yeah. impossible to stay isolated. Well, Dave did that a couple weeks ago.
0: He said, Don't tell me what's going on with the football game. I taped it. Well, but did you
1: watch it straight through or did no, you kinda go,
2: you, Oh, I want to see what's happening now? I mean,
1: I fast forward yeah. through commercials and at well, some point, because it was it was that uh it was the game the Ravens lost, the playoff yeah. game the Ravens lost. At some point I gave up on it. The game was over and yeah. I stopped I stopped paying attention. But how big of a problem is it for NASCAR? And clearly it wasn't a problem at one point, and now it maybe is, or, or maybe this is just completely the wrong point, that Jonathan Pacheco plays Baseball Mm -hmm. and basketball Mm -hmm. and football and everything else underneath the sun. How do you have a young person relate to car racing? There's
2: tons of them, and it comes from their father in most cases, right? Everybody – my kid wants to race cars like crazy because he knows we're around cars. We've talked about getting cars and racing cars, which is – you know, you talk back to the concussion thing. My wife and I have no problem putting our son in a race car that's going to go at 10 years old is going to go 70 miles an hour. And he's going to have to wear a fire suit, helmet, roll cages. They hit each other. They hit walls. We have no problem with that. We won't let him play football. Right. That that makes no sense. But it's just. I'd like to hear more about that. It, it's just. <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird things where we would. We think it'd be really cool to be a race car driver. What a fun thing to do. Yeah. I drive a car as fast as it'll go for a living and I make a whole bunch of money and fly private jets and I work two days a week and everything's gravy, right? It's, It's one of those weird things, and there's plenty of dads that have that same dream. Some of them, as bad as every other dad you've seen at the Y or at a local league, a football dad. They're crazy. But when you say plenty, like in order for— Look, you only need 39 guys to start the Daytona 500. You don't need 10,000 football players
1: like the NFL
2: is going to need to whittle it down to however many But what makes the
1: NBA so successful in part is that people around the world at the age of 6 and 8 and 10— play basketball and the percentage of those that are going to play college basketball or professional basketball or NBA basketball are tiny, but we all played the sport. So we relate to the sport. I can't imagine the number of people that are putting their kid at 10 years old in that car is anywhere remotely close. It's very
2: small. It's 5% of what you get in any other sport. Uh, You know, I, I mentioned the Nike comment earlier when it came to Dale Earnhardt. So one of the clients I had Early on in my career in NASCAR was Nike, and we sold race equipment and apparel. We, we sold driving shoes with the swoosh on it. We sold T-shirts, hats, crew shirts, right? Everything but the fire suit, we sold. We didn't do helmets either. So any of the basic safety right. stuff, we sold to get that Nike name out of it. And it did okay. The race teams loved having it on. They felt cool because they had the swoosh. But at the end of the day nike sold more in youth soccer cleats than if we sold something to everybody that raced we weren't even going to sniff child soccer cleats right so isn't that an inherent problem sure it is absolutely it is but again you don't have high schools with racing teams you don't have colleges with racing teams so you don't need that big of a pool to pull from there's only a few racing leagues And that's all there is. There's local places you can go. And Mike and I got a little dirt car and we take it out there and we spent $5,000 on it. We have fun for 10 laps. We drink beer and go home. There's tons of that. But at the ultimate level, it's a very small pool. It's usually going to be a driver or a team guy's kid who's got a lot of money. Look, the last thing you want to do in Charlotte, which is why we haven't put our kid in in a race car, is go race over at Charlotte Motor Speedway in these lower kid classes. Because I'm racing against Chad Knauss' kid, Jimmy <laughs> Johnson. I don't have that kind of... Mo- they're, right, right. they're buying 10 motors for a car, putting them on a dyno, keeping the one that's best and selling the other nine to people like me. Well, they found a four horsepower advantage. Racing speed costs money. Any advantage to get speed costs money, and the people with the money are always going to win. But isn't it's ironic? not that case in football, or Jerry Jones would win every year. Right, but it's it, in any other sport. The Dodgers keep trying, hadn't worked. They've had the biggest payroll in forever. Yeah. We won't talk about the Astros, or maybe we will, but we'll get that. Like it doesn't always work in other sports. So is in the racing, bigger, it does. Is
1: the biggest surprise that. NASCAR soared in popularity or that it has dwindled back to being what it seems like to me you're describing as a niche. Yes. Both. 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 It, 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 both. So it soared because of personalities. It, it, and then people yes. actually watched and it. National, and national. a whole lot of those people decided well, that it wasn't it was, really and for And them. national coverage. When Fox. CBS. When, well, and CBS started in the yeah, but, early but, 90s. But
2: CBS would do the Daytona 500. Right. And then they'd cover a couple other races tape delayed. I can remember many times watching a race. And we had already heard it on the radio. Yeah. Like they put it late in the day in Wide right. World of Sports. And after barrel jumping, you would catch... You know, 50 laps of a race and then they go back to, you know, figure skating and then back to the race and finish with the finals of barrel jumping. That's just how they did the sport. When Fox came in, especially Fox, because Fox was riding a huge high on NFL. NFL. I mean, they took the NFL creatively from a creative standpoint, from a personality standpoint. They made it funny. They made it more entertaining nascar got it did the same thing and suddenly it became cool so i think a lot of that national one channel not bouncing around to cable you could find it i think we made a mistake at some point in time with fox sports one with nbcsn with espn2 when we started moving nobody knew what channel it was on because they wanted it to build their cable networks and quite frankly nascar built espn2 they put all of the practices, all the qualifying, RPM Tonight, all these that Ryan McGee got his start on, yeah. all these shows they put on ESPN2, and the NASCAR fan flocked to it. Right. Well, Kenny Mayne. Kenny Maine,
0: That helped him. All those yeah.
2: guys. Uh, Reese Davis yeah. was one of the early NASCAR guys. So they were able to build that network. Fox Sports 1's tried the same thing. I think they've realized now that other stick and ball sports are probably going to grow it a little bit bigger. Um, but they're still, the majority of the races this year, they're on Fox, will be on FS1. The majority. Fox will probably have, I don't have it in front of me, I'm going to say five or six national Mm. pay TV, over-the-air TV, if you will. The rest are going to be sitting on FS1.
1: But we still have this enormous popularity in Formula One. And that's because... Global, global popularity. Right. And the reason on that is primarily because it's an event, it's a thing, it comes once Mm -hmm. a year.
2: Yeah, and it's the ultimate in technology. Everybody dreams. Everybody's had a poster of a, well, if you're a car guy, a Ferrari on the wall. Man, God, man, to own a Ferrari would be the greatest thing ever, and... You just, you, you look at these things and go, man, they go 220 miles an hour. They corner better than anything. They look exotic as can be. They got the cool nameplate on them. They're in Monaco. They're in all these really cool. So it's a lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's Lewis Hamilton's just the coolest cat ever. I'm not a fan of his respect the hell out of him, but he's a cool dude. Like he's a brand. Uh, I don't know that we – Dale Earnhardt was a brand. Dale Jr. Right. was a brand.
1: A Southern brand.
2: I don't know that Jimmy Johnson's a brand. I, you know, right. I I don't know that Denny Hamlin – Denny Hamlin's a Jordan athlete because he plays golf with Michael Jordan. Denny Hamlin's not a brand. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's a different level in that sport. And, look, I do a Formula One podcast. I Our podcast can get 5,000 to 10,000 downloads a week when we do a show. They're all overseas, right? People want to know what the Americans think of their sport. And it's called American Racing Snobs, just a little plug there. <laughs> but we chose that name to be like every, a great name. everybody around the world think Americans are a bunch of snobs that know everything. So why not be the know-everything American Racing Snobs and tell us we're wrong? And people do at times. You don't know. This is this. Well, thank you. Now I do know. But, but here's you, but, the way we see it over here. But you also hit the nail on the head, too, though, is
0: it's not popular here in America because Americans necessarily didn't start formula one like it's not an american
2: it's been a long time Mario andretti was the last american yeah. to win a formula one championship and back in the day a bunch of americans drove it and dan gurney drove in yeah. it you know there were p i think michael andretti was the last true American. well it's not perceived to be american. actually that's not true scott speed who ran in nascar and in indycar was with a red bull team he was probably the last american to be there the problem is it's super expensive when you it's it's I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but if you look at a lot of the younger NASCAR drivers and you're like, I wonder how they got there. And then you realize that last name, is that dad, the CEO of the name that's on the side Right, It's a pay to play. And formula one has been a big pay to play. You've got to have the money to move your kid up. And if you don't, you won't get the seat to prove yourself. Now, What's still good about Formula One is if you've got talent and you prove yourself at those levels when daddy's writing the check, you can get to the top end and not have to write the check. But a lot of them are bringing their own sponsors. Right. They're bringing a little bit money to the table. And that's just how it is. But that's kind of ironic about NASCAR because NASCAR was very much... I mean, it was...
0: You kind of paid to play, but it was be, because that's how you wanted to do it. Now mm-hmm. it's because you have a, you know, a rich sponsor or a rich parent that gets you involved. It
2: Again, it's, Money money by speed. Yeah, money talks. Speed wins. So races. where
1: does this go in ten years or fifteen years or twenty years? Where is the American uh auto racing fan, how popular is it and what about globally? I,
2: I I think what NASCAR's currently doing, which is shrinking their overall footprint from a corporate standpoint and concentrating on the competition on track and getting out of some of the marketing and, and some of those deals that they really had no business in trying to create, uh, control the narrative in, I think that's smart. I think shrinking the schedule to where we don't need to be in Charlotte four times a year running a race. If I live here, maybe I go to the first one. Oh, money's a little tight. We got some other things going. We'll go to the second one. And then life takes over for the second one. I'll go to the third. Next thing you know, you haven't been to a race in five years, and now it's not an interest. I think if it's one time a year and that's your only time to go, and that's the only time to party with your friends in the infield, I think you create a demand for the tickets. Look, they've already taken grandstands out of racetracks. That's not a surprise. The Daytona 500 was sold out for the bazillionth time last year. Well, they only have front straightaway grandstands. There used to be a giant grandstand on the backstretch that sat 40,000 people. It's been gone for seven years. Yeah. Other tracks, Dover, Delaware, sat a hundred thousand people. When we go back there in May, I think May or June, there's going to be like forty-five thousand seats. Right? Yeah. They're Trial right. Did that? They are right sizing the tracks to create demand for the ticket to keep, not even to raise ticket prices, to be able to get what they're getting. And I think that's going to be a smart move. And 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 I think NASCAR is fine because again, it's one of those live events that's hard to DVR. It has a base, even though they ignored the base for a while. They're getting back to their roots with country music is being their opening acts. And they're
1: doing some of the right things. The teams are trying to shrink how many people they need on When it. you say it's going to be fine, though, you mean it is going to survive. It is going to be viable. It is going to be a moneymaker. But it sounds like the days of it being a just cash cow are over.
2: I believe that to be the case, Dave. I think you're right. Yeah, I think the ideas of we can play toe-to-toe with the NFL are done. And, and I don't know if anybody, I'm sure somebody at the top still believes that, but I think the majority in the sport have found let's be who we are and let's do it really efficient and properly and just accept it. And when there's time, time for growth, let's really think about the strategy of what that growth's going to do in going to another place. We're not going to build tracks anymore. It's not. If anything, we're probably going to start shutting some down. Um, but it depends what the next TV contract is. And every, I know for a fact, the people that have negotiated the last two TV contracts, both went into the room at the time and told the France family who runs NASCAR, we're not going to get what we got. And every time the France family said, yes, you will, you're going to get more. Nope, nope, nope. And they've gone in and gotten more every time. Now that's because of the live sports. I don't think the next contract is going to be nearly as good.
1: Well, can they, can they tap into the, non-traditional media outlets the hulus of the world and the netflix and can they go in that
2: i i think they're trying i think that the problem is controlling the message and the nascar people have gotten so corporately associated with their sponsors that a lot of times the personality won't come out and they won't give you the access you need i'm glad you brought up the netflix because i neglected something on why formula one recently has grown Formula One did a Netflix program last year called Drive to Survive. If you've not seen it, Dave, I know you're not a fan. If you have Netflix, just watch a couple of episodes. Give me two episodes and tell me what you think. But they went inside teams, inside the drivers to tell you who these people are, what they do to prepare, what their life's like, what it's like inside the team. And they showed it warts and all. I mean, you saw teams have horrible days. The manager horse cuss everybody on the team, have to call his owner and be like, You know, we look like a monkey messing around with a football today. I don't know how to fix it. What are we going to do? We saw guys crying. We saw people losing personalities and it drove attendance worldwide and they can prove it. Because when you, when I bought my ticket to the race in Austin this year and they sold out every day, 270,000 people every day bought a ticket to that. I've never experienced the amount of people for days when there was nothing going on in my life. Now, right. they also gave us three major concerts as part of our ticket. I paid $275 for a three-day ticket, That's right? So that got me into all the activities. That was lower-end races, practices, qualifying in the big race. That's an expensive ticket, in my opinion. But then they gave me a Imagine Dragons concert, a pink concert, and a Cool in the Gang after the race wow. if you don't want to deal with traffic concert. Plus, there were little mini uh, Austin indie bands that I'd heard of that were playing the infield at all times. Why? Well, I, I tried to go see imagine dragons when I was in Denver, when they were at red rocks and it was $300 a ticket. Yeah. That's just to get
1: in the door. Yes. You, you gave me a free concert. I mean, but but those two things both make sense. It's an entertainment sure. play. It's a, here's the value. It's not just one race that you may or may not get into. It's an ent- a whole group of things. And then if NASCAR soared when they were building personalities, that's what the Netflix show does. Well, as big as those things were in
2: why I purchased the ticket... The Netflix show was the reason my wife wanted to go. She yeah. didn't know anything. She did not care about racing. She loved the personality. She loves Daniel Ricciardo now. Australian guy, drove for Red Bull, now drives for Renault, had a horrible year. Funny guy. She fell in love with his personality. She thinks he's great. She, she really does. does. But, but when they looked at the ticket, you had to put, why, what are the reasons you bought this ticket? It was a, and to anybody that filled it out, and I know most people don't, but they were somewhere around 28 to 30% said, I bought this ticket because I saw the Netflix special, wow. right? And every NASCAR driver will tell you, we need to do the same thing, but we have to give them the open access. Hendrick Motorsports isn't going to give you the open access
1: it's the same thing with the NFL they're not going to whatever team does the show before the year if it's the Browns people are interested in the Browns and if it's the Raiders people are interested in the Raiders and the teams don't like doing it but it's a huge ratings grab and it makes people interested because everybody wants to
2: know what really goes on behind the scenes everybody wants to know what it's really like and that
1: shows you at least as close as you can find out to what it's really like what do you think we should call our Netflix show behind Behind the bearded car cast Behind the beard Ooh. Mm. BHB when, when will we start production on that Well we actually already have started
0: production on it I mean we have a lot of We have 236 files On the zoom camera How many of them are appropriate to actually put out Well if we're doing warts and all There's a couple on
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> Tony thank you Yeah no worries that's good. We it gotta have to funny.
0: back because we got we got more stories we gotta get yeah, out of. Yeah, I haven't
2: even got a chance to defend why UCF was a national champion in 2017. You have in, the floor. In the football. You have the floor. Oh, you want me to do it now? If you want would you rather wait? You can wait. I mean, that's a whole nother thing, maybe when we get closer to all right, college all right, football. We'll wait. But we'll I will wait. say there we'll are wait. three factors Tees. that have happen. Give us a tease. There are three yeah. factors that had to happen for it to work. Okay. And it wasn't just the fact that they went undefeated, okay, which everybody says, if right. anybody goes undefeated, I guess you won right. the national championship. No, there were there were significant factors including one thing that the NCAA yeah. still recognized as determining a national championship because people think the NCAA has something to do with the college football national champion and they don't. ESPN does with the college football playoff. That's not an NCAA tournament you do not get the wooden crystal trophy that every other sport gets you get that whatever trophy you get now it is a television-based committee-based thing that the ncaa is hands off of but the ncaa still has a computer poll that they consider if everything comes out right it's considered a national championship in their rule book there were several factors that happened that allowed UCF
1: to be number one in that computer poll. The Bearded Carcast being a guest is so lucrative that yeah. he's on one and already petitioning. With, with, to no, be no, a, no, no, yes, no, he's already, right. he's yeah. already. This was no, this
0: was a three, this was a, a three movie deal. Ah, think, at least, yeah, yeah, yeah. at least. Because uh, we have to,
1: by the time we get to the third one, Autosports might be out of business. So <laughs> no, well, Tony can. Well, good. I'll need
0: this. I'll need yeah. this podcast. No, Tony can talk, can talk other things.
1: Um, we have to get into
0: not now, obviously, because we're wrapping this up. But uh, Tony has one of the best all-time fishing stories. That it, it's so unbelievable, and it's tied. It into, sounds
1: perfect for boring baseball season. No, 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 no.
0: It's and it's no because it's. it's I think that's
2: when we told it, Mike. On it
0: our right was, it <laughs> was. It was. <laughs> it was. So that was one, and then the other one we don't have. We I we must have the audio of it somewhere, but uh, we we Tony and I had this great idea. I have audio. <laughs> I do found the, it. I have the audio. You found it? Yeah, I have the audio. So uh, we had this great. So one of the missions of seven thirty back in the day was we were gonna uh, not only talk stick and ball and normal stuff, but we were gonna you know give attention to. You know, other th- other sports that maybe were un- unattended to. So we had this great idea. That
2: we were going to like. No, it wasn't. It was not a great idea. We had an idea. We had an idea. It wasn't a great
0: idea. But we were going to like highlight certain schools and certain programs that don't get uh, get attention. It Ratings was, gangbusters. Well, well, we didn't make it through the first. Uh, the first try we
2: we got to Clemson triple jump and I had to pronounce a name and I butchered it and I look over at Mike and he is full out laughing with his finger on the cough button and the minute you see somebody laughing that hard you lose it and in trying to get it back we came across another name and the minute I got the first syllable there had to have been a minute of dead air a minute of dead air with us coughing but to this day we come across people that say it was the funniest thing they've ever. They about <laughs> crashed their car. It's kind of like when people break character on SNL. Yeah. You can't help but just lose yeah. it, and uh, we lost it. Yeah, it, and it it never made a re- it never repeated. Well, we, I
1: look forward to playing that yeah, on the we'll upcoming that. episode. We of the also thought it goes. would be
2: fun to have uh, our bumpers coming in and out. To- <laughs> To be a a the same band, so we would claim we had a musical guest yeah. Yeah. for the show, kind of like late night talk show, and we would pick a band and play all their music. Um, and one time we picked a band, and there was an intro to a song that was perfect. What was it? The Give them the name of the band. So the band was Cake. Yeah. Um, and the the song was. <laughs> <laughs> what was the song? Uh, sheeps go to heaven, goats, goats go, go to hell. hell. Yeah. But the opening of it is this cool, hornsy kind of cool beat. It works for coming in and it's out a good of commercial up, yeah. breaks. Yeah. The problem is, the chorus. at the end of the song, it repeats the title of the song over and over and over. And we had a board op that fell asleep at the board and never sh- shifted to the next song after playing the opening. I got to give it away now. Yeah. And we came back, we had worked at 7:30, they had worked for forever to be able to get anybody from the Panthers on the station. Anybody. Anybody. And we got Ron Rivera. We finally got somebody. So Ron Rivera is going to be our guest when we come out of commercial break and he comes on to 30 seconds of over and over and over. <laughs> Go to hell. Go to hell. Go to hell. That word just kept repeating and repeating and repeating. And I'm losing my mind trying to get the board. Yeah. Off. So I told Mike the other day why I didn't get up out of my chair, rip the headset off and go in there and just smash the CD player to do anything. But I didn't. I kept trying to get his attention and literally the song ends with goats, go to or sheep, go to heaven and goats go to hell <laughs> and we welcome in the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Ron Rivera. Phones going off left and right.
0: Well, that's a song
2: Tony wanted to play. Station manager's like, why did you play? Well, that's a song Tony wanted to play. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> Until next time. Uh, Until next time. And we wonder why we don't still yeah,
0: have a show. That, that was a great show. Quality.
2: Quality entertainment for all.
0: All right. Well, if you want to reach us, BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com, you can follow along at BeardedCarCast on Twitter, now on Stitcher. So leave us a review on iTunes or on SoundCloud and uh, tell us what you think. All right. Until uh, next week. I don't know who we're going to have next week, but we'll have something We'll be on fun. the way to Spartanburg. Oh, that's Ooh. right. USC Upstate. Ooh. Yeah. That'll be exciting. Too bad we don't have the Corvette next week. I think that's the program <laughs> you manager want to buy. It? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to buy Tony's Corvette, yeah.
2: bearded car captain You, you buy life. a car like that, it's always for sale. We just have to get to the right number. <laughs>